Welcome to another episode of The Cubic Report. Today we have Mario Siegley again with us. He's been on the podcast before. We have enjoyed his scientific knowledge and also his theological perspective. Today we're going to talk about something very, very interesting. But first of all, welcome to the podcast, Mario. Thank you, Victor. Okay, we're glad to have you here visiting with us. And this podcast is done, done right here in our studio. First of all, we're going to talk about an aspect of God's creation. And that aspect is showing the greatness of it through scientific engineering marvel called the James Webb Telescope. The James Webb Telescope was launched on December 25th, 2021, and it took more than six months for it to deploy one million miles out in space in a spot that was kind of a resting place for it between Earth and the Sun. And it's a hundred times more powerful than the Hubble Telescope, its predecessor. And Mario wrote an article for the Beyond Today magazine for the June-July issue in which he talks about the proof of God's word through the universe. And he will be talking to us about this article that he wrote. Mario, thank you very much for coming here, and thank you for talking about it. It's a pleasure. Well, let's start talking about this uh, telescope. This is an amazing, amazing engineering marvel, uh, and it has actually surprised the scientific community and surprising all of us. But most of us aren't knowledgeable enough to know what's great and what's greater and what's the greatest. But just start talking about what it's discovered. Okay, I'll just mention a little bit about the James Webb Space Telescope. It took about 20 years to plan for it, and it was launched a little over a year ago. And so now they've had over a year of discoveries from this telescope. This telescope, Victor, is so large that uh, the mirror is 21 feet across. Mm -hmm. And so when they designed it, they realized it couldn't be like the Hubble telescope where it has a cylinder, mm -hmm. the typical telescope. It, there was no way you could have a cylinder that big. So that's why you only have the mirror, but you don't have the outer covering of mm -hmm. it because it would have been such a huge mm -hmm. telescope. But uh, they, it's in utter darkness, and so they don't need to have any type of uh, cylinder around it. it. It is approximately 100 times more powerful than the Hubble telescope. And it was out there. It took a while for it to deploy wings or leaves. Exactly. Or it, it was actually such a large telescope that the only way they could fit it into the cone of the rocket ship was to use the principles of origami, which is Japanese paper art. Uh -huh. And yeah. so they had to fold it into numerous shapes to be able to fit it. And once they sent it out, it, it took one month for it to get to this uh, equidistant sp uh, space place called the Lagrange Point, or L2, where it's not really moving because the gravity, gravitational forces balance themselves in that particular place. 
it is far beyond the moon. Mm-hmm. The moon is about 250,000 yeah. Yeah, miles away. Well, mm-hmm. here's a million miles away. Four so, times as far. Yeah. Exactly. And so also you don't have to worry about the moon influencing it with the light. And so it is a marvel. And actually, if you have come to believe in God, or if you would like to believe in God, what this telescope has discovered helps as an evidence of God himself. And I want to explain that in a moment. Yeah, I, I, I think that it'll be interesting to hear about what's different in this. There are so many wonderful marvels. And, and I just feel like there's something about the telescope that's just such a cut above what yeah. other things have, have been discovered. Yes, uh, this James Webb telescope is so powerful that it has gone back in time to less than a billion years before the original creation event. Whereas uh, the Hubble and others, they're seven, eight billion years that they can see to that point. And so they thought that what it was going to show was this slow evolution of the stars coming together and then uh, eventually exploding and then regrouping themselves. Mm-hmm. And so they talk about that we've had about three generations of uh, stars. And every time with the stars exploding and then coming together again, you can have heavier elements mm-hmm. and it, instead of just hydrogen and helium. But what they found is that the galaxies and the stars are virtually starting up very close to the initial point and moment of creation. The the farther back in time they get, it's a full sky full of stars, which was not supposed to be that way. It was supposed to be, first of all, just very, very small little stars made out of basically helium and hydrogen. And that's not what they found. They, they found fully formed stars. And also, uh, these stars already contain uh, major elements like carbon, oxygen, and nitrogen. And this is like about 12, 13 billion light years away? It's Yes, because uh-huh. uh, basically they're talking about 13.8 billion years mm-hmm. before the creation event. Mm-hmm. And so here uh, they're, they're going back to almost uh, half a billion years. And as they go even farther back, they still see this full sky, <laughs> full of galaxies. I think God is having a good time. Oh, yes, yes, he's having a good <laughs> chuckle over that. It reminds me, years ago, when I read the book by Richard Dawkins, this atheist, mm, yes. zoologist, mm-hmm. that uh, he trying to explain about uh, this blind watchmaker, that uh, this evolution, you really can't see what is going on, but it, it still is able to form all of the biology that we see around us. 
And in a candid moment in this book, uh, The Blind Watchmaker, when Richard Dawkins talks about the first level of life as uh, with more hard-bodied and what we call true creatures that have uh, shells and things like that. They call it the Cambrian period. Mm -hmm. And he says that what they have found is that these fossils did not have previous ancestors. Mm -hmm. For instance, the trilobites yes. and ammonites and others. And so in a moment of being candid, he says it was almost like they were planted there in the fossil record uh -oh. without <laughs> any evolutionary history behind them. And so uh, what he's saying is that it looks like they, they were created. Mm -hmm. Now, now he's trying to give this explanation of well, how this can happen, and but he actually said they they're like these fossils were planted there, and this is the way now with the James Webb Space Telescope that these stars look like they were planted there. Mm -hmm. They didn't go through all of these evolutionary slow. Uh, periods of uh, uh, forming Warming. out of the gas clouds mm -hmm. and then uh, through gravity drawing them together and then eventually exploding out, especially the supernova types, and then coming back together again. Uh, that's not being seen. There, there is no such thing as these first generation of stars just made out of uh, helium and ha hydrogen. Uh, our sun is does have hydrogen and helium, but it also has carbon, nitrogen, oxygen. Mm -hmm. They said, well, after all of these kind of three generations of blowing up and then coming together and blowing up and coming together, then you can, in these heated ovens, of the suns and exploding, that you can get heavy metals. But what you're finding is now, at the beginning, you have heavy metals. So how do they try to explain that away without a creator? The first way they try to explain it away is that the space telescope is has distortions and that these are not true galaxies. Pictures. Oh, okay. So that's that's what they originally said because look, this can't be. Uh -huh. These things, these uh, stars cannot be just planted there with no evolutionary history behind them. As the space uh, telescope has been used more then they have found out that, no, this is no distortion. This is not something that the telescope needs to be adjusted. Mm -hmm. the, these are real galaxies. These, And they have found that it's not just a few. That this, uh, These galaxies cover the known universe. As far as you can tell, there's no empty spots of it. And so... They're having to go back now to the drawing board to try to explain how they developed from the first with all of these metals. It's like 
somebody planted them already fully formed. Now, I love what is paleontology and archaeology, and I have my little museum case there with my trilobites. And You gave me a trilobite. That's right. <laughs> and, and because the paleontologists, who are the specialists on fossils, have said we have not been able to find previous ancestors. Mm -hmm. It's like they were planted there. So mm -hmm. that is uh, evidence of fully formed fossils that had hard bodies, had these uh, uh, compound eyes like a fly with hundreds of lenses that they can see either forward or backward or sideways. And yet there is no evolution that is found in these creatures. It's like uh, not finding this primitive bicycle. Mm -hmm. No, it's finding a Mercedes-Benz at the mm -hmm. beginning. How are you going to explain a fully formed Mercedes-Benz with all of the motors and all of the things going on? And of course, a trilobite is infinitely more complex than a Mercedes-Benz. Uh -huh. Well, I guess what they'll have to do is to get space rolled out another 15 billion light years out, and, and he'll have some hiccup, and they're going to find some way to... Yes, uh, the, the first reason they gave is, well, it can't be right. Something's mm -hmm. wrong with the telescope. But now they've been able to prove that the telescope is reflecting true reality of it. So then they're trying to say, well, all of these stars and galaxies just formed so quickly, and we just have to come up with a new evolutionary theory mm -hmm. on how they could all be formed so quickly. Well, you kind of run out of different possibilities, don't you, after a while? I mean, it could only happen so many different ways. <laughs> exactly. See, they have time as their enemy. Mm -hmm. Where you go back that far, it's actually, you're only talking about maybe 5% of time, and they have fully formed stars, and then afterwards you have all of these galaxies expanding in the universe, and so it's very dubious that you're going to find that out of 5% of everything evolved and fully formed. It's like trying to figure out how that little trilobite was fully formed when you have it at the beginning of the fossil record as far as the Cambrian level. You, you can't, you go back any farther, you come to the Precambrian level, which is basically blank. So... right. Right, it's just uh, like they, they all of a sudden started forming, and, and below that, there's yes. nothing. Yes, it's yeah. You you have uh, what they call the Eddy Caron period, right uh, before the Cambrian. But these were all just like little worms, and mm -hmm. there, there weren't any hard-bodied and truly creatures with sight, with eyes like the trilobite. There's mm -hmm. no real difference between the, the compound eye of a trilobite and of the fly. They're equally complex, complex yeah. although one is so much older than the other. Well, Mario, 
okay, is there anything else that they're finding now? I mean, they're, they're taking all kinds of photos. This has been like an anniversary now. The, the telescope has been sending images back from July of 2022. Now, the, the, we're at the beginning days of August right now. Uh, what, are, what else, are the, anything else they're finding that's surprising them? As, as far as uh, the creation event mm -hmm. and the formation, uh, they are really stumped about that. There's not much more except that as the telescope continues to see more and more, it just confirms mm -hmm. that this isn't some freak situation. No, it's the reality. And they have found many more beautiful what they call nebulas uh -huh. and just stunning. Well, I have found to me the beauty of certain objects that Hubble saw, but now this one sees even more clearly. To me, the most impressive of all, my favorite, is the pillars of creation. Yes. It, it's actually relatively close object. It's like 300 light years away or so, but it's so beautiful. Yes. The, the, those those big pillars exactly. go up it there. It looks like uh, the the Grand Teton Mountains mm -hmm. in color. Right. Uh, but it's just stunning, the beauty that we see, the harmony. And it brings to mind what God said in uh, Jeremiah thirty-three twenty-five. He says, But I, the Lord, have a covenant with day and night, and I have made the laws that control earth and sky. So we have this master artist, and he not only creates beautiful sunsets, but he also creates just the beauty throughout the universe. That It's breathtaking. Astronomers just are uh, astounded but by the harmony, the beauty that they see there. You know, Mario, the thing that really is just amazing to me is that you kind of begin to wonder what's it all for it's more than just beauty because it's so awesome if, if there were no human beings or no other life to enjoy it then you'd ask the question what's it for is it god creates it just to kind of have all this big playground of things and here we have human beings on the earth on a spiral of the milky way that is able to be able to bring these images in photograph them, examine them, and think about them. To me, to me, the, that is such an awesome thing. Yes, um, uh, beauty is one of these indirect evidence for God because beauty is not essential for survival. Mm -hmm. And so the earth and the universe around it could have been very ugly. If you see uh, things that are haphazard, accidental, if it would have been just been this uh, chance and circumstances, uh, you would not see the stunning, even the, the colors involved, because the different gases and the different stars, they emit different colors of the wavelength, just like a rainbow. And so it, it shows that God wanted us to enjoy the beauty as we go out. Just like when you go scuba diving, 
and you look mm-hmm. at these beautiful reefs and you not only see the beautiful fish, but you also see the reefs that they're just stunning in color and beauty. Again, the harmony. There's a God that wanted us to marvel at the beauty of the creation, just like an artist that you marvel at the beauty of this beautiful masterpiece. You know, we see these beautiful things and all the things that you said there, and it brings even more thoughts about the purpose for it all. Is it for us just to enjoy for a short period of time in a book or you know, see an image from space and then die? It, it, to me, if there's a God who's really so interested in beauty and perpetuating as he, as he states that man has created his image, wouldn't there be something more? It makes me think deeper about these things. Yes. Uh, theoretically, human beings don't need anything else but one sun and a couple of planets which help to shield us from any meteorites. We only need a solar system, basically one star to provide the heat and light. But here we have this universe that they're talking about two trillion stars and billions of galaxies, about a hundred billion galaxies, I think. So uh, what is the purpose behind that? It's interesting that in God's word, if you read in Romans 8 verse 16 and 17, says the spirit himself or bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Jesus Christ is the heir of the universe. And it tells us that we can be co-heirs of the universe. So from what we understand of Scripture, uh, once Jesus Christ comes and beautifies the earth, he's going to reign for a thousand years. All things will be restored to their original beauty and state. Uh, We won't have any wild animals that tear and eat each other. We don't have any other type of uh, war. It's going to be completely eliminated. It says that the lion will dwell with the lamb. And so we see this pattern on the earth when Christ comes of establishing his kingdom. And then we also see that since Christ is the heir, after the plan of God is finished here on earth, that then we will begin to beautify the universe, just like it's done on the earth. And that God built a lot of real estate out there. (laughs) He didn't do it in vain. No, and I know that looking at all the stars, like just the things that we've even said in this podcast, it's encouraging that there is a God, that there's beauty, that there's form, and there's excitement about it. The Apostle Paul 
you know, who lived a very, very difficult life here on the earth in the Roman at times of the Roman Empire. There's persecution, there was martyrdom, there's all kinds of things that were that were, that were terrible. And yet God showed him something. He took him up into the heavens. We don't know what that was, but there was some type of experience that the Apostle Paul had that made him endure trials because he knew where he was going, what would be. And even though we don't have that kind of experience, at least I haven't had that, I know that the Apostle Paul did and that there's a promise of very wonderful, awesome things. It makes me want to continue, be there. Yes. If we read on in Romans 8, I have read 16 and 17, verse 18, he continues, he says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So what we're suffering and what people think is the worst thing that can happen, really this too will pass when Christ comes back. He's, there's a plan to beautify. Finally, God the Father will come down with the new Jerusalem. He's going to wipe away all tears. He will explain all things, and we will be comforted. And so afterwards, uh, we believe that, as it says, that of his government, there will be no end. No it end. will continue to expand outward. And so it's very encouraging from what we see now that this is just the pilot program here on earth. And he is developing spiritual character in us, but that Jesus Christ is going to lead his bride eventually to beautify the universe. And won't that be fun? That'll be absolutely great. And all the things that we endure and all the suffering that we go through that's big right now, that just occupies our minds, and the difficulties that we have with people and anger and all the different things that trouble us from time to time will have absolutely, in this context, no value whatsoever. There'll be something that passes away as the new, not earth and heavens are, but a new life. Yes. As Paul Comes. said, that he was so encouraged to look ahead into the future that he said all the sufferings are not worthy to be compared with that glory that will be revealed. It's interesting as we go on, it says um, in verse uh, eight, uh, 19, it says, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. And that's the whole universe is waiting for that moment because right now you just have uh, stars, which basically are these uh, furnaces providing heat and light. But around them are all of these billions of planets. And that's where the action is going to be. Well, we're, we have these huge light bulbs of light and heat, which are necessary but right now, the planets are in an incomplete state. It's like unfinished furniture that you buy and you have to then 
polish and you have to varnish and everything else, but at least uh, the basic structure is there. Well, there are some other things too that there are laws that we haven't discovered yet. I think one of the simplest ones, and they may be a, a sign of ev evidence of things that we don't see that are out there, dark matter as they call it, matter that is just not available to us. One thing that's very interesting to me is just the composition of a galaxy. They're flat, they're like pancakes out yes. there. You know, they don't, that's not following the laws of physics. They, sh they should be balloons, <laughs> they, sh they should be spherical, but they're not. They're, they're uh, thin. So there's some types of forces that are acting that we don't know what they are or where they come from. So we'll probably be discovering some of this through not only the web, but maybe through other. Uh, other instruments. Yeah, you can imagine, uh, Vic, that the universe, they have been able to measure, and it, it is flat in the sense that everything that has expanded, which is about 28 billion light years, it's still this flat type of plane mm -hmm. where everything fits in. And so even in its expansion, it is still not curved as such, uh, but it is flat. And there, there's a lot of evidence that if it was curved, it would have these kinds of effects that we don't see today. Well, and then it's flat and it's going somewhere, but what's it going into? <laughs> what well, it's there. It's universe, it's stars, but if it's expanding into something, what, what is that something? What, what is that nothingness? I mean, to me, I sometimes stay awake thinking about these things. <laughs> yeah, well, to us, the universe is so huge, but actually uh, space and time are created with the creation moment. And so it was the void before. Mm. There wasn't any space or time. Mm. And so God created it uh, to be a certain size and to expand a certain way. And like you mentioned, uh, the laws uh, and basically dark energy is around 75% of all the universe. And then you have about 20% that is dark matter. Mm -hmm. And then you only have like 5%. That is what we see, the observable universe. All the stars, all the galaxies, all of that just comprises 5%. And so they're huge forces. And the more dark, the dark matter and dark energy are studied, which they do not emit any type of light, there's nothing physical that can be detected through telescopes. The James Webb telescope cannot detect anything. It looks like we are looking at the frontier between the spiritual forces and the physical forces. Well, that's an interesting concept because we know life only as it is, flesh, it has to have oxygen. It has to have all these life-sustaining things. We can only live in a certain tolerance of temperature. It have to have 
uh, all these elements have to have food to survive. But the Bible does reveal that there is life out there. I mean, there, there is, there's God. Right. <laughs> there are the angels. Right. The hundreds of millions of right. angels. Uh, we, God has a whole host of beings that survive that space or an, that dimension. So that's a thought. Yes, they're, they're not limited by physical dimensions. They, they look at the universe as a tiny thing in comparison to the spirit world. It says here in Hebrews chapter 1, in, starting here in verse 1, it says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke um, in, in time past to the fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. The, the mm -hmm. word there, all things, comes from the term panta, where it's, it's talking about our known universe. Mm -hmm. That's what consists of all things. The inheritance. Yes, through which also... He made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and it says, upholds all things by the word of his power. So here's telling us that God not only created, but he upholds, he sustains. And so if this is the spirit power that contains the universe and maintains it expanding so it won't all collapse or crash into each other's because what better way of avoiding a collision if all the stars and all the galaxies are basically rushing away we know that uh, within our different galaxies uh, some galaxies as they are expanding they get closer to others, and mm -hmm. there are some that even clash there. Merge. But, <laughs> right. But uh, as a whole, you're talking about everything expanding like dots in a balloon. Mm -hmm. And as you blow the balloon higher, uh, stronger and bigger, why all the dots get spread out as mm -hmm. well. So we're talking about basically like the galaxies being mm -hmm. that way. By the laws of physics, you know, as, exactly. as, as we know them. So that's just very interesting. I think this aspect of sustainer of all things, which is covered there, the book of Hebrews, also in the book of Colossians. You mean who? who I believe it is. Yes, Colossians. it is. Colossians you know, he, one. Right. You know, he he uh, by him all things consist. Is one translation has. Yes. So, so and are held together, and are held together. It says. And the balances are very very critical as yes. far as just the balance. So not only do you create these things, but you make certain that they work. And you kind of wonder what kind of a factory is going. <laughs> what kind of a factory is there that's making this thing happen? Well, it's it's the design mm -hmm. from the original blueprint. Well, like you said, we don't have to have that design, you know, to survive. We don't have to have more than just one sun. But God has made it very, very beautiful. He has made these things very awesome. By awesome, I mean you look at them and you say, "Wow." and you, you marvel at them. Yeah. So I can see why God wants us to praise him because that, that is something that's really worth saying, God, wow, thank you. Well, here's something to think about. 
if the spirit world is the maximum thing that we could wish for, why in the world is Christ coming back and setting up a physical earth with all the beauty? Why go through that if it doesn't have any purpose? So this idea that, well, matter's really bad or it's not useful it is not God's view. He views matter as clay that can be shaped, that can be beautified that an artist can take. And so we should not demean or diminish the importance of the physical universe. Mm -hmm. It took God a lot to have created all of that. And so it says there in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, that eye has not seen nor ear heard the things that God has created for those who love him. And so we know there's a lot more that will be revealed in the future, but we, we have this glimpse mm -hmm. as heirs. It says we are going to be co-heirs under Christ. And so there's a lot of activity. Uh, there's a lot of use of our abilities in the future to beautify things, to learn instead of an ugly world, an ugly art as we see so much as man is degrading himself. No, God wants elevated values. And mm -hmm. what better way of expressing your personality and your creativity with a new world that you can beautify, that you can use your imagination, and it's going to be good and noble and clean and pure. There's not going to be anything wrong because we won't have this carnal human nature anymore. We'll have God's nature. And we'll have those creative abilities. And one thing that's just to be uh, also inspiring is that there'll be things to do. Some people have said, I, I don't want to go to heaven. I, I don't want to be up there, the traditional view of heaven of just having this vision of staring at Jesus for all eternity. I, I'd rather just cease existence if that's what I have to do all, all the days of eternity. I would rather as God points out, there's just a huge universe for us to develop and new things to discover and being perhaps given creative powers of our own yes. to, to, to create new worlds and new societies. That's going to be just, just awesome. Yes. Why give us all of these desires to beautify, to create, to have our imagination, if it's just limited to this small world when he created so many others that are just waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. It says here in uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers mm -hmm. of the divine nature, 
having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So partakers of the divine nature, we are going to be children of God one day, spirit beings with all of these wonderfully endowed powers, but with a nature that will never corrupt it, that will never soil it, that will never abuse it. And so it's like a, the ideal Disneyland type thing when you could go and everybody was happy and all of these wonderful things. Well, you can imagine how much more you can create with mm -hmm. worlds that are based on people wanting you to come and enjoy and be entertained. And the, he, Peter wrote those words and David wrote his words at a time when they had a very limited view of, of the heavens. They could see what? Three, four, five thousand stars. Correct. And they just saw a few objects, the moon, and perhaps identified some of the planets. And now, of course, it's so much bigger than that. And yet, with just what they did see, and they knew they were up there somewhere, that they were awesome things, they had that inspiration. What more inspiration should we should we appreciate with what we know? Yes, uh, like. We mentioned uh, we're celebrating the first year of the opening up of the James Webb Space Telescope. And also, we are celebrating about the 100th anniversary since human beings here on Mount uh, Wilson, mm -hmm. off of Pasadena, in that 100-inch telescope. Mm -hmm. little different than a 21-foot telescope, right? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. But with that 100-inch telescope, back in uh, the 1920s, Edwin Hubble, who was the one that the telescope was named, named after, after yeah. uh, he discovered that there was more than one galaxy mm -hmm. because you had the Milky Way, and then they thought all of these other, all the stars are within this Milky Way. And he was the one that was able to detect that there were just thousands of more galaxies. Andromeda first. But just yeah. think, Peter mm -hmm. and all these others, they could only see four or 5,000 stars. They didn't have really telescopes at that time to extend their vision. But yet they were given this view of the great universe that they would be heirs of one day and be partakers of that divine nature. So now we're celebrating 100 years since human beings knew there's a lot of great real estate out there. <laughs> what else are we going to discover? Yes. So Mario, is there anything else you'd like to say? Well, I'm interested in seeing what happens in this second year of the discoveries of the James Webb uh, Space Telescope from all the indications, uh, they're going to find that this universe was just planted there like the fossils that you don't have any real evolutionary history you're talking about. And it makes sense that God, when he created the universe, he wasn't going to go through all of these long stages, just like that little trilobite that you have and I have a whole collection of. Uh, th there are no previous ancestors mm -hmm. to them. And they were 
planted there by our Creator. And so from the tiny trilobite to this universe, as one scientist put it, uh, this was Fred Hoyle, yeah. when he was studying how carbon could be produced in the explosions and things, he said that uh, there's no way that carbon could be produced unless, he said, a super intellect monkeyed with the chemistry to be able to produce it. And then he said, uh, this looks like a put-up job. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> had designed this. This didn't come by happen happenstance uh -huh. or luck. Well, I think that that's a preliminary transition step from somebody who doesn't believe in God to actually believing in an intelligent being or kind of thinks that there's some kind of intelligence and that transition step towards that. And hopefully they can come to where they can really thank that being. Yes. Uh, you, you, if you see a house and you know it was designed by an architect, it wasn't by evolution. And when you see the architecture, of the heavens and all the carefully designed laws that interact just like a Swiss watch to be able to tell time properly, you know there's something greater. And it's not just a greater intelligence and greater power, but then you find out, well, there's love involved because who would have gone through all this effort and time if it wasn't to give his children something to enjoy. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I love to do with my grandkids is just bring them some presents that we can play with and usually something you can build and just watch their eyes that they just get so large and happy because they got something new now. Well, God wants us to have that same joy, but forever. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Mario, I have really appreciated your being here and being on the podcast today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Have a safe trip back to Los Angeles. Okay. Thank you for listening to us today on The Cubic Report. We welcome you to share this podcast and tell your friends about it. We can be found on a variety of platforms, including Apple and Google Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, and many other platforms. You can easily find us at any browser address box by typing in the words, The Cubic Report. And there we are. Remember, cubic is spelled K-U-B-I-K. So we'd love to hear from you. Write to us at vcubic at gmail.com. That's V-K-U-B-I-K at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. Come back soon for more.